and welcome back to 90s Noise. This is Ashley, born 1988. I'm April, born 1991. All right, and we are back with 90s Noise, and we've got special guests here today with us from the Slat Attack podcast. Why don't you guys go ahead and do, introduce yourselves? Go ahead, Brett. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I am one of the co-hosts of Splat Attack Podcast. And I am Alex. I am the other half of the co-hosting team for Splat Attack. Well, we want to welcome you guys to 90s Noise. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having and us. Thank you. We're, we're excited. We're going to be talking about Nick at Night in the 90s. But first, um, why don't you guys tell us uh, where we can find your guys' podcast? Sure. Yeah, we're all over the place. We're on Instagram, where we're most active, which is at Splat Attack Podcast. It is also our handle for our YouTube channel, at Splat Attack Podcast as well. Uh, we do do video versions of our podcasts. If anyone wants a little bit extra, something special in addition to just listening to our episodes, which are on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and basically anywhere else you can find 90s podcast we do have a facebook and a twitter and a tiktok we don't really do much on there uh, we mostly just post our latest episodes but we are much more active with the community over on instagram and on youtube but if you just want to keep up with some of the things that we're doing on some of your primary socials you can find us there and just look for and just look for splat attack podcast perfect and how'd you guys get started <laughs> that's a story <laughs> go ahead brent Oh, well, well, you, you start your half and then I'll join in with my half. Yeah, it depends on how back we want to go, because there's even some interactions <laughs> pre podcast because Alex and I have been getting to know each other here and there through like our art posting through like some 90s Nick groups on Facebook. And uh, I just remember that I've been having a tough time dealing with, you know, just kind of self-validation, depression when I was posting stuff online, like not really getting the response I thought. And uh, I remember out of all the people when I was about to leave one of the groups, I remember him just being very supportive and kind and really, really spoke to my heart in terms of like, hey, you do really good art. Don't let all these people who don't see your worth knock you down. They left an impression on me. And so I carried that feeling with me. And as I just kept kind of churning out art under my previous Brett Wilson art page, uh, which is now Bretropod on Instagram, we, we got to a point where I was doing a whole whole bunch of different things during the pandemic. I was doing art. I was like selling merchandise of like posters and stickers and stuff. I was doing these live streams called Buddy Television where I just edit a bunch of like 90s Nickelodeon shows together as if there's like a VH tape and I was providing commentary for people who join the Instagram lives for them. And they were like themed too, so it was pretty fun. Unfortunately, Instagram had other plans and due to certain rights and algorithms, they shut me down pretty quick before I can get to 100 episodes. Alex did true 90s and exclusive live streams, which were like him getting to know other artists, other people in the community and some Nick celebrities and just having interviews with them. And uh, I remember I remember at some point during the pandemic, like around July or August of 2020, he had commissioned me to do uh, a logo for his true 90s Nickelodeon page. And he really, really enjoyed it. And after I delivered it to him, he mentioned that, hey, if you're interested, maybe if you want to do podcasts with me sometime, that'd be cool. And I'm like, well, I'm really busy with all this art stuff I'm doing right now because I'm literally churning out a new piece every other day. But I will hold on to that until I feel the need to reach out to you again. And lo and behold. And here's here's where I'll jump in. <laughs> Because Brett had been a uh, a guest on several other podcasts on uh, several occasions, and he always did a great job. 
but I was not part of the podcast scene. I wanted to connect with people. And what I really wanted to do was I really wanted to connect with Nickelodeon celebrities uh, just because it's the pandemic and people can use a good motivator as something fun and positive. So uh, I started reaching out to several of them and asking if they would do an Instagram live, give the fans an opportunity to ask them questions since what else are we going to do? And thankfully I had several people who were willing to do so. And the, the, my followers really loved the opportunity to get to ask these celebrities questions live. And that was, that was a cool thing to do. And I wanted to build on it more than just the Nickelodeon celebrities, because people like the two of you are all about nineties Nickelodeon and nineties uh, and wanting to reminisce and try to capture this, this feeling of what it was like to be a kid in the nineties again. And it's it's more than just the celebrities. I mean, the the fans had a big voice in Nickelodeon in the 90s as well. So I started having other podcasters, or not uh, podcasters, but uh, content creators as guests on my uh, exclusives. And Brett was the first one that I had interviewed who was uh, a, a content creator. And it was it was great talking with him. And during these interviews, somebody had told me, do you do a podcast? And I said, no. So it got me it really interested in doing that. Uh, Brent had already been doing it several times, and that's when I commissioned him to do an art piece because I was going to start my own. And then whenever I was interviewing him, somebody had asked, when when are you going to be on – when's your next podcast? When are you going to show up on another podcast? And he said, I don't know. I was thinking about doing my own, and then I had mentioned, hey, so was I. That's why I commissioned your art. We should do something together, and that's where the conversation started. Then after that, he was he was slammed, and I said, that's all right. I'm not really prepared anyway. So we, we tweaked it for a while, and we uh, had decided that on uh, the 30th anniversary of the Nicktoons is the perfect time to start our podcast since it's going to be all about 90s, mostly 90s Nickelodeon, but still 90s, and uh, this would be a perfect time to start it. So we've been going since August the 11th of, uh, yeah, of 2021. Mm-hmm. Hit the ground running and nice. never stopped. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. I love hearing that. That's great. That's a that's a great story, honestly. Mm-hmm. That, that really it's, is. It's I like when chocolate met peanut butter. We just fit so well together. Like yeah. uh, we yes. we each bring something different and unique, but also complementary to each other's mm-hmm. strengths uh, when creating this podcast. So we have a lot of fun doing it. Now, do you mind me asking, uh, what years were you guys born? Uh, I was born in '88. 85. So I'm the young in here today. <laughs> I was 91. So it's all good. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's get started with these uh, Nick at Night shows. So which one of you guys wants to start us off? We always have our, our one of our guests go first. Well, uh, I am actually going to bring something up real quick. Uh, right. Quite, quite literally on frame. Since we're talking Nick at Night, I did manage to find this bad boy oh nice that's cool for those of you who are listening and not watching it is a nick at night classic tv trivia game board game that i happen to have found at a secondhand store wow and uh every once in a while i'll take it over to my parents on sunday nights and we'll just go through the trivia questions and and (laughs) see if we can figure some so i'm gonna try if uh if we get talking about a show i might see if i can ask a trivia question or two related to that show if i if i happen to see one (laughs) absolutely we have a 
hella 90s pop culture trivia game that we usually pull out for a couple questions each round and everything too so definitely love those trivia games <laughs> awesome uh well since i brought the game up uh, i guess i'll go ahead and start with the first one but uh my my number one pick and and it will always be this way is the monkeys and now my cat's knocking my game over thank you sweetheart <laughs> Did, did you say the monkeys? Hey, the I did say the monkeys. Uh, I loved the monkeys. Uh, it did come on Nickelodeon in the 80s. Uh, obviously, it was resyndicated then, and then they moved it over to MTV for a time. And it was on Nick at Night also in the 80s. Uh, I was too young to have remembered it then. But there was one time before they started doing the Block, par block Party Summer in the mm -hmm. uh, mid-90s, they... They did do a version of Block Party Summer, but it was kind of a an appetizer. It was a sampler platter where they would have a two-hour, three-hour block of different shows that was not normally on their uh, timeline mm -hmm. to see what people liked. And whatever got the most response, I guess, from fan mail uh, was the ones that they would pick for the Block Party Summer the next year. And there was one episode of The Monkees that came on because my brother who is eight years older than I am, he still had VHS tape recordings from when wow. the monkeys were on uh, MTV oh, cool. in the eighties. And he and I ran that tape out and, uh, <laughs> and then we let my, our, our cousin borrow it. We never got it back. So I, I didn't have a monkey's fix. Uh, and I had my, my dad would go out to garage sales and buy the, uh, vinyl albums and I'd listen to them on my Fisher Price record player. I loved the monkeys. I thought they were hysterical. And then finally, when it came out on Block Party Summer in uh, the summer of '97, I had to grab every VHS tape that I could find. And every Monday night, it was Monkeys Monday, I think. Uh, yes. I would I would record the whole block, and my brother and I would watch those episodes and constantly quote them and. Yeah, it, it actually had started whenever I was in Arizona visiting my aunt, so I was hoping that we weren't traveling back on a Monday so I could record the next ones, and thankfully, I, I, I didn't miss a single one, and now you can find all of them on YouTube, but uh, it was it was a great show. I absolutely love that show. Now, can I ask, because I've never seen that show before, um, <gasps> what's, I know, it is... I know, what's it about? Oh, no, that makes, it's... That makes two of us. <laughs> okay, it's perfectly fine. See, April. <laughs> Abbreviated version, the Beatles were super popular, and they wanted to make a TV show about the Beatles, oh. and uh, they had actually started a, a, a couple of movies as well, but they became so in demand that they couldn't uh, devote the time to it so they decided let's make a fake band in the guise of the okay. beatles and we're going to follow these four musicians who are they're a bunch of young kids and they're constantly down on their luck they they go do a show and but it's it's silly it's very silly they do lots it of comical comical things silly. like like they would do freeze frame with text across the screen uh like they would draw a picture frame around somebody's oh. face and then have a caption. This is the face of an idiot or something <laughs> like that. Uh, there was a lot of speed up and slow down motion. There was episodes where they would see monsters in a castle. There was one where they were being chased by mobsters. Uh, it's just goofy. It is, <laughs> it is sheer goofy. There is nothing like it at the time that this show came out. You can find a few things like it since it almost feels like nick at night adult party swim <laughs> it really does yeah for sure it's not something that you 
I mean, even when it came on Nickelodeon at the time, kids didn't really grasp it. Uh, this was really something more for teenagers, but it's it's just silly. It is fun <laughs> and goofy. They did have a music video about the, the end of the episode to show off one of their latest songs. They were not a band when they started. They were just actors pretending to be a band, but they learned how to play instruments and became a band. Oh, nice. And uh, sure. for a very brief, very brief time, they were outselling the Beatles. But uh, not not very long. <laughs> and in the very first episode, they had a, a bullseye with the Beatles on it, and they were throwing <laughs> darts at it. About that, yeah, that the the monkeys is definitely on my list. Also, that I really do remember. I I used to have trouble falling asleep at night, and so I'd get up in the middle of the night, and I just my parents were like, "Let's just watch something to tell you fall asleep." And so it was always Nick at night. And the monkeys was a favorite. I always was trying to make sure I was awake still for that. <laughs> but you do, you do know who the, who the monkeys are, right, Ashley? <laughs> do, do you guys like? What do you mean, like their who? songs? Their actual songs? Uh, probably their most popular song is "I'm a Believer." If believer. you've seen Shrek, yes. if yes. you've seen Shrek, oh. you've heard their song "I'm a Believer." Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yes, that is where it came from. And originally, and their and their theme song, the "Hey Hey, hey, we're, hey the we're the Monkeys," yes, that I remember hearing. <laughs> that was just classic. And Ray Stevens did a parody of that song in particular, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, all four of them made guest appearances on Boy Meets World. Really? Ooh. How did I miss that? I know. Well, you didn't know who they were. <laughs> so yeah, <no>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wasn't one of them on the Brady Bunch too? Yes, yes. Davy Jones. Davy yeah. Jones. Oh. That I remember. Because I used to watch Brady Bunch. Peter Tork was Topanga's first father. His father uh, made an, her okay. her father made an appearance twice in the series, and the second time it was obviously somebody different. The first time it was Peter. Whenever they were got, going much more with the hippie route for mm-hmm. uh, Topanga when she first was on the show. Nice. It all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. All right, Next, what about you two? I I joined in with the monkeys, so that's that was on my list. <laughs> okay. Uh, I might as well go out guns blazing with my strongest pick first, uh, the most vivid, I should say. Very much like you. I used to watch Nick at night at night when I needed to fall asleep after like doing my homework. And it was something for my mom to be all nostalgic about because she grew up with a lot of the shows they had on our programming mm-hmm. block. Uh, so, you know, oftentimes whenever my dad was busy or already asleep, I would watch these shows with her. And one of the most vivid ones that I remember is I Love Lucy which aired on there from, I believe, 1992 to 96. No, uh, 94 to 2001. Uh, she had various other like spinoff shows, like the Lucy Show and the Lucy and Desi Comedy Hour and stuff like that. But I wasn't really interested in that, just like the main Lucy storyline. And I don't really know why it was so captivating to me, probably because I wasn't used to watching shows in black and white. And mm-hmm. I found a lot of the character dynamics between Lucy and Ricky and Ethel and Fred and even Little Ricky to an extent, very endearing. And um, just seeing all the different wild scenarios they could get themselves into in such a little space. Like most of it was filmed in this main living room of an apartment, sometimes the kitchen, sometimes the bed, but that was it until they started to expand out to other locations later in the series. And I I really enjoyed the charm and the comedy and, and the just the love that they poured into the show because Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball were married in real life, and uh, Desi owned Desi Lou Productions, and 
uh, was kind of running the show with his crew on it. So it was a lot of a lot of direct involvement with it, and so many scenarios are memorable to me. I mean, there's the chocolate factory one where they're like eating all the chocolates, and the conveyor belt runs <laughs> out of control. Uh, there's the one where they go to California. There's like one where where Lucy's playing like a saxophone, and she's at it as she's auditioning for a part in um, Ricky's. Uh, like band at the Coca Cabana or wherever it is, and then th there's just too many of the lists that I enjoyed, and uh, we ended up getting like all the seasons on DVD at some point. We watched them all together again, and it's it's just like comfort food. You can always come mm -hmm. back to it no matter what part of your life, and still enjoy as if you're the you're watching it for the first time. Uh, so that's why it's my first pick. I'm going to piggyback on that because that was also one of mine because I have very, very distinct memories of checking that out because uh, it came on early on the Nick at Night lineup. So it was yeah, it was like 830 or 9. Slot. Yeah, it was right after Nickelodeon had ended and right before it was time for me to go to bed. So it was a perfect place for me to veg out and start to wind down for the night. But my aunt had actually given me a VHS tape when I was a kid in uh, 97 of a tribute to Lucy and it was this VHS tribute tape that somebody had made and it was going through all the different shows that she had done and started showing off some of her movies like the long long trailer which I ended up finding over at a library and checking it out but uh yes I agree I had the uh, had them on VHS as well or not VHS um DVD and uh one of the ones that I remember two I remember the most was the one where she was reading a murder mystery uh, at mm -hmm. night and she was getting scared and then there'd be noises that would happen oh, and she'd yeah. freak out which made Ricky paranoid <laughs> yeah and uh, she kept throwing the book out the window when yes. she was scared <laughs> and the uh, other one that I remember the most was when she met the Marx brothers Mm. And um, it, it wasn't Groucho; it was Harpo. Harpo. Uh, they, Harpo there was a, a mirror that was in the doorway, and that mirror got taken down. And she was dressed up as him, and they would both come out in synchronization and try to. They know this isn't a reflection, but is it a reflection? <laughs> it was. That was a classic bit. Comedy gold. I remember that too. <laughs> that was a good one to be able to watch. And like you said, it was earlier on, and so. My parents would actually watch that one. And so I just kind of would sit and I enjoyed it as a kid too. It, it was a good one to just relax to not really need to think too much about it or anything, mm -hmm. but definitely enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. The comedy was formulaic to a degree, like the whole Lucy, you got some explaining to do and her crying, <laughs> but the, it, it was still different enough that you kept, it kept you invested to seeing what would happen today with something ordinary that would just get totally out of hand. Mm -hmm. So according to our Nick at Night trivia game, what was I Love Lucy called before it was called I Love Lucy? Ooh. Ooh. That's a toughie. The original pilot, if there's no guesses, because we'll be here forever, all of this guessing. <laughs> Is there any guesses? Lucy and Ricky? Yeah, you're close uh, in in theory. Uh, the original pilot for the show was called the Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz TV show. Oh, pretty straightforward and wordy. <laughs> yeah, very wordy. Definitely. Um, I, I think they they did a good thing just cutting it to other <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to throw out my show, which was the Brady Bunch. I mean, I think everyone pretty much watched it at some point in their life even if it was mm -hmm. just an episode i think it was a, a pretty classic 
show to watch growing up. I, I just remember tuning into that one, any opportunity that, that I got. And I felt like it was on for, for a lot of years. Like, I think, I feel like there was never a year when it wasn't airing at some point um it when it I, was on it was on nick at night from 95 to 98 okay yeah and i think it came back in the 2000s eventually it did and mm-hmm. ran a long time through there um and then it was on nickelodeon also yeah for a short time yeah i don't really have any particular episodes that i can remember i mean i think we all remember marcia getting her nose hit mm-hmm. um that's a classic and <laughs> for sure. Um, but I did rewatch one where they lost their dog, which I forgot what their dog's name was. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. <laughs> and I just, it's funny thinking about back in the seventies when it was shot and everything, and they're doing like lost dog posters or whatever. And like, Oh, what kind of reward money can we give? And it was some tiny, tiny amount. And, and they're like, oh, wow. And then someone was like, oh, let me add a couple more bucks. And like, oh, no, that's too much. And I'm like, but it's your family dog. And like, yeah. whatever you can give to get them back. It was just hysterical where it was like, oh, $25. Wow, that's that's way too much. And I'm like, that's nothing nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how the inflation calculates between then and now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. would be. Brady Bunch was definitely a classic. Um, I love that and I don't know about you guys but I also got very into the uh, Brady Bunch movies that came out mm, yeah and I was gonna ask if you had seen that those were the, almost better in, than the show <laughs> so, yeah. and the incredible likeness that they got for Marsha mm-hmm. yeah that was Christine like, Taylor from Hey Dude yep yeah, yeah. and it was just like I as a kid I didn't know any better I was like oh that's that's actually Marsha mm-hmm. and my my parents are like no, no. honey that <laughs> came out more recent she's an adult now and I'm like what are you talking about that's her and yeah but those were a fun add-on to try to bring in a new new group to mm-hmm. the bunch yeah I like that yeah. they kind of kept it going they they kept it going through the 90s so that a new sort of generation could appreciate it and I don't know it it was very cheesy and a lot of it doesn't really hold up still today but it was it was one of those shows where you can just sort of forget everything and I mean I think most of the Nick at Night shows were like that though where you can just sit back and enjoy it laugh along with them have fun Mm -hmm. Um, nothing was really taken too seriously and yeah you really just can't go wrong putting it putting any of these shows on at any one time yeah you can say that about the bumpers too i mean they have a lot of similar charm as the nickelodeon bumpers themselves Mm -hmm. like the ones behind us like they'd have little jingles (laughs) little characters around those are the best part into this (laughs) yeah the the one episode outside of the one with david jones because that's the one i remember the most Mm -hmm. but i also remember the one where they went to hawaii or someplace like that Vincent Price was in the episode and had kidnapped the Brady boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I also had learned, I had no memory of it, but I did learn in the 80s, Nickelodeon did air the Brady Kids, which was an animated TV show, which what? I had no idea even existed. <laughs> really? And uh, what? <laughs> what was it that Jan Brady never liked to be seen wearing on the Brady Bunch? Her glasses? 
Her glasses. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice shop, Ashley. Who's keeping the um, score? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's kind of named one. I I've loved all of the ones that have already been named, but um, one that sticks to me, and it's it's even a soft spot because uh, I can actually get to meet one of the the cast members this weekend. Happy days. Yes. Ah, yes. That was going to be my one if it's, if if somebody had didn't didn't say it. That was yes. on my list too. Who did you meet? Yes. Henry Winkler's. Oh, wow. yes. So, wow. That it, he is like at the top of my list and cuz that one was just what watching him and Ron Howard, it was it was classic and I I still remember the different scenes like them being in the the little restaurant and how they how they shot it and um him coming in hey when i i remember when i first watched the movie water boy yes my first reaction was that's the fonts and (laughs) my mom kind of looked at me like you know who the fonts is i was like yeah i may be watching that when i'm supposed to be in bed but yes i do (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that show and it's just the family aspects fun nice but also having the non-family members as mm-hmm. a family too and I just love that and I'm I'm a sucker for for those those outfits and everything and it kind of gives always gives me uh grease vibes too yes mm-hmm. and so I, that was always something that i really enjoyed and that's why it's always been one of my top ones catchy theme songs too yeah yes both of them i still sing it (laughs) i remember because brett was just talking about the bumpers i remember there was a series of bumpers where they would pick an item from a tv show and then they would say this was part of our television heritage Mm -hmm. and i don't remember what all of them were but i remembered that the Fonz's jacket. I was thinking you've got to pull something from this show. Like it really mattered to me that Nick, Nick at night considered these things as part of a television legacy. And uh, this was the only time when they finally submitted it into part of their television history, but they had actually said Arthur's no uh, Fonzie's jacket almost wasn't part of our television history, <laughs> but they had relented and said, therefore we submit it into part of our television heritage but i i love that one that was the series that gave us the phrase jump the shark yeah for better or worse but as a kid i remember seeing that legendary uh infamous scene and it that scared the that scared the fire out of me i i was really genuinely worried for fonzie jumping over the shark and i was I was jumping on my brother's bed in excitement when he finally did <laughs> land over the other side. And my brother was just going, you're an idiot. I'm like, what? It's cool. <laughs> it was, he jumped a shark, man. It's cool. And then I found out as an adult, like, yeah, this was really stupid. Well, I, this this was a pure attempt just to keep the show going. I, I'm like, I don't care. It was cool. At least it, it put a term on the map. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it did for sure. And Another little side note on uh, Henry Winkler. I don't know if you, you guys follow much sports and everything, but he uh, he had been at the Kansas City Chiefs first. I think it was the 49ers game this past year. And he 
was wearing a Chiefs jersey. I'm originally from Kansas. And so it was like, okay, okay, <laughs> he got it. He, um, I think Mahomes had given him a jersey and everything. And so he was That's wearing cool. it. So, Very cool. but I was like, all right, I can, I can dig that even more. Definitely. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, happy days. Happy days. Uh, it's funny because we actually did a retrospective on David the Gnome uh, back in August on our podcast, and we made the connection to uh, Tom Bosley as the voice of David the Gnome, and we did a parody of Happy Days theme song called Nomi Days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I ha- it, it, it's infinitely linked with that song now. Since we did that. <laughs> uh, my, my family had gone to a missions trip in Russia, I believe is where it was, and they got on a bus. And the head pastor at the time got on a public bus to go from one place to the next. Obviously, it's what you use a bus for. And Ron Howard, who played Richard Cunningham, came on the bus. They were filming Da Vinci Code at the time. And he came over and he was just, he had full beard and a baseball cap. And like he usually does and sat down right next to my senior, my head pastor. And... Everyone on the bus who was on the missions trip is freaking out that that this is this yes. is Ron Howard. My pastor had no clue who it was. Uh, he grew up watching Andy Griffith, and of course, Ron Howard was Opie on Andy Griffith. Had no clue, and and he was just having a conversation with them on the bus. Oh, what brings you to Russia? And they were just, and he was, oh yeah, work. Oh yes, well, they just had a nice, friendly conversation, and he didn't say anything about who he was. And then once they got off the bus, my aunt and uh, along with everyone else, Mr. Howard, can we get can we take your picture, please? And he was very happy. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. So he got a picture with the whole missions team. And uh, then my senior pastor was going, who, who, why, why does everyone want your picture? And then they said, that's Ron Howard. No. Opie? And then he smiled <laughs> and he goes, oh, my gosh, Opie. He didn't recognize it was him until he smiled. But that was a really cool moment. And uh, going back to Fonzie, uh, I dressed up as Fonzie one day for school. It wasn't. Nice. It wasn't anything special. There was no special day. It wasn't Halloween <laughs> or anything. I just loved the character Fonzie, and I had an artificial leather jacket in my closet that was almost too small for me, but I could wear it. I smuggled it into my uh, backpack, and I grabbed seven combs and put them in my back pocket. Because there was one gag where he pulls out his combs and, or out of his jacket pocket and he goes, all right, here we go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, thir- where's Thursday? <laughs> Today's Thursday. Pulls another one out. Hello, Thursday. And puts it back <laughs> in his pocket. And I went around school like that all day. And from the rest of the year, everybody called me Fonz. Nice. Oh, one way to make an impression. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> now, going back to that story, I bet, honestly, like, Ron Howard probably just enjoyed chatting with somebody and not it being too much of everything. But like everything I've every time I've seen anything about him, he's it's always good things. Yep. And he's definitely he's definitely somebody that would love to meet one day. Um mm-hmm. if he's ever at a convention in the area of Florida. Speaking of, on Happy Days, what was Fonzie's first name? The only Mrs. C seemed to use. Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Arthur Fonzarelli. I love the name Fonzarelli. Like it just sounds like it sounds like an Italian dish. It does. <laughs> it <Yeah>. does. <laughs> it sounds like the sound he makes when he comes back his slick hair. <laughs> yes, yes. Over at Disney World, they have a retro retro themed 
fifties dining restaurant mm-hmm. and everything. And I'm surprised. I'm really surprised they don't have a dish called Arthur Fonzarelli. And it's like oh, pasta yeah. or something. Get on it, Disney. <laughs> yeah, they can't because uh, it's not a Disney property, right? Uh, it's not true. gone to a Disney property yet. No, please, mm-hmm. please, no, no, no. With no. <laughs> the way Disney eats up different properties, it's probably going to end up owning Nickelodeon eventually too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please no. <laughs> it's bad enough that it's already there's so many things that they're trying to like revive everything all right what we got for another tv show for everybody alex do you got any others i do uh i had actually come across the honeymooners ah yes Ooh. i adore the honeymooners uh, that came out on nick at night from 95 to 2002 and um my first experience with that was from back to the future because mm-hmm. that was what uh lorraine's father was watching and uh also what um george was watching and gave that <laughs> <laughs> that ridiculous laugh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh but uh my mom and dad had told me because they we would watch Nick at Night and like I said we watched I Love Lucy, and I wasn't much into Bewitched and I wasn't much into I Dream of Jeannie. They were on, but I didn't really pay much attention to them. But mm-hmm. uh, I would watch some others with my dad. But the I Love Lucy we all watched together, and then the Honeymooners came on or the Honeymooners came on, and my pa- parents said you need to watch this one with us because you'll enjoy this. So we watched uh, a couple of episodes and I cackled. And that's when I realized that Looney Tunes, some of the really older ones that's not Bugs Bunny, but some of the more uh, just like one note characters that you would get mm-hmm. on occasion, uh, usually the mice were designed after Ralph Cramden and uh, and uh, his his wife. Uh, and because he would always uh, Alice, he would always do that bang, zoom. Uh, he would get annoyed and would pretend to hit his hands. Bang, zoom. And then Art Carney's character would come in and and uh, he would be this tall, lanky doofus. And Ralph Cramden was this portly little fella. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny. It is it is classic, iconic show. And then I found out that the library had them on VHS and we had to check all those out. Nice. And they, <laughs> yes. they did do a Honeymooners movie in the 2010s. And it's hot yeah. garbage. Mm. Uh, it's not a it's, no, just no. It's no. <laughs> uh, but uh, Ralph and Ed were the best. And uh, for anyone who's not seen this, it is just a married couple constantly arguing and bickering. Uh, Ralph is a bus driver. Alice is a stay-at-home wife, and uh, his buddy Ed and uh, his wife they live in the same apartment complex. So they're like two or three stories down there in New York city. And it's just, Ralph is always a, he's a, he's a, he, he wants to be a businessman get, get things going quick. And his temper gets the best of him. And Alice has it. She will do that stone face. She'll get annoyed with them, sit down at the dinner table and then just stare in the distance. <laughs> and Ralph can't stand it. And he wants to get into it so bad, but he, he, he caves in every single time. And uh, I forgot what it is. Uh, baby, I I love you or something like that. Baby, you're the best. Baby, you're the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great series. If you've if you enjoy I Love Lucy and you've not seen the Honeymooners, check out the Honeymooners. Yeah, they do have parallels to them. Very much. I'll check it out. That was an excellent pick, and I forgot that that was on Nick at Night. I was like wondering where did I 
find this because my mom got the original classic 39 episodes DVDs Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s and we just wore them out until they were scratched by our DVD player. We just, we loved them (laughs) as much as I Love Lucy. Yes. The whole physical comedy, the gimmicks, Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that uh, they also do crazy things like try and figure out how to learn to golf for a business meeting and just be really bad at it or learn how to do the rumba or something or have their apartment get furnished by a department store as an advertisement. But uh, Ralph messed it up because he thought that the department store guy was like hitting on Alice. So a lot of cockamamie scenarios really, really lend itself to the over the top comedy with and there, there was a, I can't, I don't remember which one it was now, but I'm fairly certain the actress who played Alice did an autobiography of doing her time on The Honeymooners. Oh, cool. Great show. I also want to mention real quick before we close up on Honeymooners is that uh, for anyone who's a Flintstones fan, you may have seen some similarities with Fred and Barney Flintstone with their characters and Absolutely. the way they talk, as well as Yogi oh, Bear really? too, because he's got the classic tie that Ed Norton would wear or the vest. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it, this was, Flintstones was very much inspired by the Honeymooners. Oh, I like that. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good good callback. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I guess I will go next since uh, you already talked about one that I enjoyed. Oh, ooh, so many good, good ones on my list, but I'm going to have to get a little bit spooky for a second. Oh, I know what this one is. I also watch this one a lot. Do you? I mean, there, it's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> I think I know. This, go for it. My, uh, my, my next pick is called The Monsters. Yes! And yeah, I, yes. I'm a big Herman Munster yes. fan. I, I loved all the craziness that happened in that house and how Marilyn was like the Lisa Simpson of the family who just tried to live a normal life and pretend that everything was fine around her when, you know, she would bring a boy back home and they, their hair would like stand on edge or they'd run through the walls. <laughs> and, you, you know, of course you have the main cast of characters in the family all playing their parts you got grandpa who's like dracula you've got um butch patrick who plays eddie munster who's kind of like a werewolf kid uh lily who's also kind of a vampire herman munster who's like a frankenstein character and then spot who's the dragon that lives under the stairs and i used to be scared of that like oh i better not go down the stairs in my house or else the dragon will pop up and shoot fire at me (laughs) yeah it's it's just a fun time and it's one of those shows that I also didn't really like understand why it was in black and white, but you know, having having um, some experience watching certain shows that transitioned over to Technicolor in the '50s and '60s, I actually prefer shows in black and white that originally aired in black and white because it still has that charm to it versus like painted in pastel mm-hmm. colors. And one of the episodes I remember the most is like Herman's Hot Rod when he builds the hot rod type car and he does a test drive and, and they do this like all fast motion sped up footage where he's driving all around the neighborhood and it gets out of control crashes and um also the one where they went to the costume party where they i think they're oh herman was dressed up in like a suit of armor so that no one can see him but he was like this big hulking guy and people thought that were wondering who was underneath that helmet and then when he finally lifted it up like there was this guy who was dressed as a uh, like some sort of revolutionary person with like powdered wig and everything. And it just like flew straight off his head into a punch bowl (laughs) and everyone just scattered. So it's like really comedic cartoonish moments like that. that kept me coming back for more. And they're, they're just very unique characters with a lot of charm. So why did the rest of the family feel sorry for the pretty cousin Marilyn? Ooh, that's tricky. Maybe because she wanted to be like them. 
they thought she was strange looking. <laughs> ah, well, yeah, along the, those lines. If, yep. if, if, if any of you listeners or viewers don't know, uh, Marilyn was the pretty one of the show, and she was within the family, so all of them looked like monsters, and she just looked like a regular person, and they felt sorry for her because they looked she, they looked strange to them. <laughs> she was in the eye of the beholder. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I got to see um, the vehicle that you were talking about that they made that was part of the inspiration for the dracula song mm. and uh, i actually got to see Very that cool. there was That's a star cool. cars museum over in gatlinburg tennessee and they had that in there along with a, a mannequin of herman munster and i think they also had the jacket that he wore along with it i remember the episode where they had made uh, he, he got a career as a singer and everyone, everyone, Herman got a career as a singer, and, and yes. uh, uh, they were. He started getting a little too pompous for his own good. And mm-hmm. Grandpa made muffins that messed messed with his voice. And then he got really mm-hmm. like, "Are you afraid of the dark?" With sound like a chipmunk, it goes really, <laughs> really high pitch. And he's like, "My voice, my voice, my yep. throat." Yes, <laughs> I remember that now. episode. Yes, yeah, that was one that I think, at least when I was watching, it would be kind of towards towards the end of my being awake and everything and so i always would be like "Uh, do i want to watch this right before i'm about to pass out like (laughs) is is it gonna give me nightmares like i mean i know it wasn't like scary or anything um especially Mm -hmm. looking back at now but again as a child watching those and the the black and white added added some like more horror to it because yeah kind of kind of just made it even more spooky to me i don't know if it was because it it felt more like the original horror movies and everything but that was that was definitely definitely a memorable one for sure indeed and that's also a nick and night show with two theme songs as well yes Mm. yeah they had the monsters go home movie that came out made made for tv movie and of course they had the the new one that just came out not too terribly long Mm. ago that uh is very divisive but I did enjoy. I loved the monsters. Still do. It was that was a, that was the show that my dad and I would watch, mm-hmm. uh, and um, he would record them the night before, and then I, I would snuggle with him before I'd go to bed. He'd, he'd get in bed, and he had a small TV in front of his, and had I'd snuggle up against him, and he'd just wrap his arms around me, and we'd watch the monsters, and then I'd go to bed. Nice, memory. <laughs> very nice. I watched it with my mom a lot. Yeah, I think that's what made the Nick at Night show so much more special to kids growing up in the 90s is that we were able to share them with our parents because yes. they grew up on most of these shows. So it was nice for them to get to share that with their kids. And, you know, we got to see these shows kind of have like a new life brought to them because most of them were black and white. And, you know, we just weren't used to that as kids like we watched everything in color so it was nice to be able to to watch all these and appreciate those and kind of give them new life and meaning and um just being able to share that with with our family i think that's what made nick at night so unique and i think that's why it stuck around for so long unfortunately now i mean they're just playing friends so it kind of sucks that (laughs) it's gone in that direction but (laughs) we got the good end of it with our generation it's it's interesting how now we are sharing nickelodeon with our kids and uh and they're able to get uh some appreciation for it now i feel like my father snuggling with my kids watching these uh old nickelodeon stuff and uh 
to be able to share those moments with him whenever I was a kid, and then he, he him reminiscing about shows he loved. It's it's just this is cool. Time yeah. is cool sometimes. Yeah, it really is. Ashley, do you got another one? Yeah. So I mean, speaking of, about everyone watching something with their family, my mom introduced me to Three's Company. That was one of her yes. favorite shows yeah. growing up. So I got to enjoy watching that one with her and. I, I still love watching that show today. It is so hysterical. And I think that's also something that Nick at Night shows really brought was that most of those shows were very like physical comedy. Like there's not really mm -hmm. a lot of shows nowadays that do that and do it well. Like John Ritter and Three's Company is just, he was amazing and one of a kind. And I just don't feel like there are any actors or any really good shows that are doing it still the way that yeah. they did it with that. And yeah. I just, I honestly love that show so much. It's it's one of my top favorite shows for sure. Yeah, making a connection to Andy Griffith, Don Knotts, I believe, was yep. the landlord on there. Mm -hmm. yep. He was a character, yeah. I do remember Three's Company coming out on TBS before it came over to Nick at Night. Yeah, it was. I don't think it came in on Nick at Night until early 2000s, so that's All right. kind of late into it. You, you might be the one to answer this one because I don't know the answer to this one at all. On Three's Company, Jack was a chef and Janet worked for a florist shop. What did Chrissy do to earn her daily bread? <laughs> That's a great question. What did she do? <laughs> she, she was a typist. Ah, uh, Typist. I was going to say, wasn't she around the house a lot? She was. That's all I'm like, what did she do? <laughs> <laughs> Unemployed superstar. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good show. Now, mine's going to kind of not be super old, this last one that I've got, but The Wonder Years. Ooh, yes. That was actually one that, um, while well, we watched pretty much, I watched most of the ones we've already discussed with um, either my mom or my dad. The Wonder Years I actually watched with my brothers. Like, Same. that would be when my brothers mm -hmm. would be awake also and they're like oh wonder years are on come on let's watch it because being the youngest of three i uh never got to pick what we watched <laughs> and so i i enjoyed that and just being able to kind of it was it was just fun and again family oriented and fred savage especially like having seen him in uh princess bride and then into wonder years and now like he's does more behind the camera stuff he's believe a director mm -hmm. more full-time now i mean that that savage family is just savage <laughs> very talented <laughs> they, they're they're incredible but it's funny because i don't even really remember specific episodes i just remember kind of like fred's character like being outside in front of his garage and like just the the zooming into him and everything and it was it was just a good show. I I did thoroughly enjoy that one. Very good pick. For some reason, when that I used to watch Wonder Years with my sister, I always got a sense that it had like a similar sensibility to Pete and Pete, just kind of more subdued. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it had yeah. the suburban lifestyle thing. It had life lessons. You know, all these interesting characters who would come in to, you know, kind of be the catalyst for the scenario of the episode. And uh, I I appreciate that. It's nice to relate to people on TV. Uh, growing up in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. Do you all remember who did the voiceover? Who who was the narrator? Mm. Oh, 
That's a good no. question. Oh I know the sound. I could hear his voice in my head. I can't too. That is Daniel Stern. Ah, wow. Okay. Of Home Alone fame. Of Home Alone, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the episodes. There, there's like four episodes I remember really well. One was when they had the eclipse and yes. uh, I think they were messing with the teacher because he hated the sound of ripping paper out of the notebook and they all <laughs> ended up doing it. I remember mm-hmm. the de- dentist episode and he was really infatuated with the uh, the assistant. Uh, I remember the Christmas episode where the gym teacher was also a mall Santa. Uh, and he always was rough and tough at school, but then they actually saw the side to him that they never saw before. I also remember when he was learning piano, and his brother kept messing with him while he was trying to learn to play the piano. And also when his brother threw a big birthday or a big party at the house while the mom and dad were gone, and then they had to clean the house nice. as quickly as they could before they came back. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Couple episodes that come to mind for me just two of them off the top of my head are the one where they have the band and they're like trying to name it and they come up with the electric shoes as one of them. (laughs) And then the one where, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very silly. They're trying to like come up with a song, but they just couldn't, can't quite do it. It reminds me of hard days, Pete from Pete and Pete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The other one is uh, the one where Kevin builds a treehouse with his dad because I had a similar situation growing up where my dad was like resisting. He had better things to do, but I wanted the family bonding time with him. So unfortunately, I didn't get that growing up, but I got it through the show because I got to see what they went through to build the little treehouse, and it was very charming. Do we have any uh, honorable mentions or anything? I do. Go for it. Go for it. This this one actually leads to a Nickelodeon show because they share a voice actor. And if Alex knows what I'm talking about, uh, it, it seems to like hover around me from time to time. This is it's the first Nick at Night show I ever recall watching ever. And this was like when I was around two or three. I just happened to see it on TV, oh. and I was really fascinated by this guy who would like go underground to go through different doors to get to a phone booth and then go down into it. And it just really got me interested in like spy type movies like Austin Powers or even James Bond or Mission Impossible to extent. And of course, you got the catchy music and you got the the ridiculousness of chaos with their with their villains and talking on the shoe phone. Mm-hmm. And yes. of course, I'm talking about Get Smart with uh, Don Adams yes. as Agent 99, I believe. No, he uh, Agent 99, 99 was the was the girl. I think it was like Agent. 87 or something like that yeah yeah that sounds right yeah i i really love that show growing up and i got introduced to inspector gadgers a result because they had similar voice actors for the main characters really wow i don't know if i ever watched get smart Hmm. yeah it was uh written by mel brooks so Mm. a lot of the comedy that you'd get from like space balls and blazing saddles and things like that imagine that in a spy setting nice that's what you got yeah that was one of my honorable mentions too brett imagine that wow (laughs) brett 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 knows i'm a huge james bond fan so he i'm sure he knew get smart was popping up somewhere an honorable mention for me was going to be that one but i also was terrified with but also extremely intrigued with Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Mm, yes. Ooh, yes. I had a hard time watching that at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very true. Very true. 
I still sometimes have a hard time watching that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the thing is, I don't necessarily find it scarier than Twilight Zone, which is another show yeah. I'd watch a lot with my parents. Mm-hmm. But just the way the atmosphere is with mm-hmm. the whole thriller aspect and who's the killer or what happened here that yeah. caused these people to vanish, it's like it leaves you with a different kind of horror. Uh, after you're done watching, especially late at night when you have to go to bed and you're wondering, well, is this going to happen to me while I sleep? I hope not. And my my last honorable mention is The Odd Couple. Mm. Um, I I remember watching that one a lot with my family, and then my family went out and got the movie. They they rented it from a mm-hmm. library and watched the original with with uh, Walter Matthau, and it was it was great. And then I, I got into doing theater and my wife and I went to the library. We found they had the script. So we checked out the script and then we ended up acting it out in our living room. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. Very fun. I nice. That. I do love that you keep mentioning because I'm glad I'm not the only one like going to the library and renting <laughs> things. <laughs> yes. I, forgot I about that. honestly miss that. Like that used to be, especially during the summer, that was a huge mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. our um, public library was right next to the public swimming pool. And so it mm-hmm. was go to the pool in the morning for swim lessons then go kill some time at the public library and then just go on with the rest of our day. But we, I would, I always would rent, like I always was a big like William Shakespeare person. So I would always rent like those movies and adaptations or even like the big full works of William Shakespeare mm-hmm. book. And so that's, but I, I, I miss doing that with the library. I don't really know of very many libraries around anymore. Mm-hmm. No. So it's a, it's a lost art of going to the library and just getting lost in a book. Yeah. Yes. Well, thankfully, ours here had a huge expansion. So the one here in little old Henderson, Kentucky, is doing very, very well. And um, my boys go there frequently. Oh, so awesome. uh, that the tradition that we carry on in our family, thankfully. That's cool. That's, I love that. That's wonderful. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to have to see if there's one around here to yeah. try to check out. Yeah. Like, that's what helps keep them alive is people keep going yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. See if there's any Naked Night DVDs there. Oh, man. Yeah, yes, I kind of want to yes. go. Yeah, I need to go. <laughs> yeah. I will have to say one my one of my honorable mentions is The Partridge Family. That was one of mine, too. <laughs> that, oh. that was... I, I'm, I'm a big, like, musical person and everything, and so that just helped add to it. And mm-hmm. I remember watching, watching that with my mom because she was like oh, I grew up with this and everything. And she would just talk about how she absolutely loved it. And what was it? Um, David Cassidy, right? That's That was his. Is he, which one was he? He, he was, no, that's. Danny no, Bonaduce. he was, um, he was uh, Keith. He was Keith. He was the oldest brother. Yeah, David Cassidy, you're right. Yeah. And so my my mom was always just like, because she would be like, Oh, he is one that I had, um, I had pictured like the posters of him on my wall as a child and everything and just kind of reminiscing on that. And so that was always a fun one to watch with her, especially. <laughs> I was actually going to mention, um, do you have any favorite songs from Partridge Family? Cause I know that, uh, that theme song is a real catchy one. 
Oh gosh, not off the top of my head. Like <laughs> I, I can remember like scenes, like just seeing like the the them in the bus and everything, mm-hmm. the the traveling scenes especially. But I can't pull a song from there. It's been long enough since I have actually truly sat down and watched it. But I did always. I don't know if you guys ever watched like the the uh, VH1 like. I love the '90s and everything yep. oh, yeah. um, that yep. uh, Danny always was doing and stuff, and so mm-hmm. he'd always say something about his time on the Partridge Family. They'd always also throw in like a little spiel, like for him and everything. But now, what was your what was one of your favorite songs from that? I don't remember other than the main, <laughs> <song>. <laughs> the main so theme. That's all play, I got. You're, you're hoping to play off of my off of me. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been so long. Like I haven't watched it since Nick at Night, and I don't recall ever mm-hmm. being able to find the DVDs for them. Uh, but I do have like general sentiments about it, like just seeing the band play together, uh, having that manager guy there with the mom, Danny Bonaduce causing mischief. That's really all I can recall. <laughs> but I enjoyed the show. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I just want to say you guys have really great like memories because I April knows I have a hard time remembering a lot of things and I am just boggled by the fact that I haven't really watched a lot of these shows. So I don't know what I was watching. I'm very curious. I'm like, "Mom, Dad, what was I watching?" cuz I must have watched something, but it wasn't any <laughs> of these shows. Aww. So, it's it was very interesting hearing your takes on all these shows and honestly it makes me want to go and check some of them out so I do want to thank you for that and kind of opening my eyes up on these shows and I'm sure probably a lot more of our listeners are going to be wanting to check out these shows as well thank you both for having us on this evening I really appreciate it absolutely thank you for joining us we we've really enjoyed this and definitely we may have to do a part two later on yes absolutely thank you again for being here and joining us we really appreciate it Mm -hmm. it's been so much fun and so definitely everybody go check out splat attack wherever you listen to your podcast so definitely check them out and we want to just again extend a huge thank you to both of you for joining us and we really enjoyed this for sure yeah mm-hmm. our, our pleasure, pleasure. thanks <laughs> owe me a coke <laughs> coke owe me a coke <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> thank you brett you win you win <laughs>